0: We are in the middle of a series called Extreme Makeover Calvary Edition, and Pastor has been taking the past few weeks and taking a fresh look at a familiar portion of Scripture, um, the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, and and Pastor has said this at the start of every message, and so I just want to repeat this, that the Ten Commandments um, speak to us about the highest values that God has for us, and that the highest value... Uh, that God has is the value of relationships. Relationship with God and relationship with others. So, in the first week, Pastor talked about fixing the foundation making, and making sure that our relationship with God is correct. The second week, we explored how to handle our time so that we don't become too busy for God and for others. And he talked about margin, he talked about rest, the fourth commandment. Last week, we shifted to our relationships with others focusing on the most important of our relationships, which is our family. This morning, uh, I'm going to continue this, this theme as we're pulling truth from the Ten Commandments. Now, this is not a lesson on the Ten Commandments, but this is an overview of these remaining commandments and us drawing a truth out from what God is speaking to us by issuing these commandments, now, we've already gone through 1 and 5, and, and if we were to look at 6, 7, and 8 today, we would know that 6 is don't kill, um, which I think a lot of us have an understanding, <laughs> you know, that one. Uh, don't commit adultery, which could be a message in, in itself. Number 8 is, is don't steal, and that itself is a very important uh, topic. 9 and 10 talks about not coveting our neighbor's possessions or our neighbor's wife. And, and what we can pull out of these commandments— is so much truth, but there's something that God is trying to speak to us through these commandments. And this, this morning, I want to touch on what that specific thing is. And the reality for us is this. There is a right way to live amongst one another. There's a right way to do it. And God says, not only is there a right way, but he's called us to live amongst one another Differently, he's called us to live lives on this earth that are different—not strange, not uh, uh, religious, not uh, uh, judgmental—but but he's called us to live a different, in a different way, a way that is contrary to what our culture, our society, and our world says is the norm. In which we're supposed to live. And God says this to us. I believe if we're to cap the last five commandments, I do believe that we could easily pull this truth out, and it's this God says, hey, y'all need to be holy. You need to live holy. The basic definition of holy is this it's set apart, dedicated to God, belonging. God. When something is holy, it's different. It's set apart. It has a purpose of dedication and consecration to God. It belongs to God. And this morning, we're going to talk about holiness together, church. We're going to talk about holiness. Because for some, holiness draws up this Churchy image in your mind, and maybe you you visualize the, the pope, or you, you visualize the churchy position, and and the idea, and even the word by itself of holiness feels outdated. It feels irrelevant. Your holiness, you know, uh, uh, what I, I sell insurance, you know, and <laughs> what, what are you talking about? And, and no one is is, is going to call you your holiness. It, it's, it's it's being holy. It's it's not about position. It's, it's not about what you do, it's about what happens inside of your heart. For others who may have been in church circles for some time, when the word holiness is said or the topic of holiness is taught about, they, they move to the idea that holiness is all about uh, moral behavior, right? Right? It's, it's about purity, financial honesty. Uh, it's about commitment. Don't smoke. Don't drink. And and uh, Or, or they, people can err on the extreme side and, and don't do anything, right? Don't do anything. Don't blink your eyes. Don't have indigestion. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do not do it. It's all about our behavior. And some will lean that way. And And I want to offer you this morning uh, the simple truth that both of those perspectives are incorrect because, because both of those just characterize a small portion of our lives. Holiness is not about your position. You're not holy when you have position and you're not holy when you behave right. It's not about behavior or it's not about title. Well, what is biblical holiness? Biblical holiness can be defined as the life of God inside of us. The living, breathing, working God inside of us and the fruit of that life in our own life. For example, Leviticus chapter 26 verse 12 and Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 both echo this. I will be your God and you will be my people. When it comes to living a life that is holy... It starts with the revelation that he's our God and that we are his. Not that he's our God and we're our own, but that he's our God and that we belong to him. He doesn't say this. He doesn't say, I will be your God and you will believe in me and then behave. He doesn't say that. To be a Christian means far more than merely believing in God as if the Christian faith were reduced to a system of beliefs and behavior. Rather, it means to be unified with Jesus in and through the Holy Spirit. And so there are scriptures like, I have been crucified with Christ, that Paul would say, and I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Elsewhere, Paul tells us that our lives are to be hidden with Christ and God and that we have been seated with God in the heavenly realms with Jesus. Passages like these and all throughout Scripture convey the beautiful fact that by our union and by our relationship with Jesus, we participate in the activity and the life of God. He dwells in us and we dwell in him, and that's holiness. That's holiness. And I love what Isaiah chapter 35 Says about holiness, what well, God says. God says this. When it comes to living a life that's full of Him, God says this. He says in Isaiah 35, I will build a highway of holiness. I will build a highway of holiness. And we can draw that He will build a highway of holiness in the hearts of His people us, you, me. Why is that so important? Why a, a highway? Why did God use a specific term of a highway? Well, here's the truth. Every one of us come from different parts of the city, different families, um, different jobs, different things we enjoy, different fingerprints, different personalities, different dress. We're, we're all different. Every one of us are different. That's why the church is so beautiful. But we do share uh, a common uh, commonality, and it's this. Every one of us wants to reach our destiny. Every one of us. doesn't matter how young, or how old you are, like Pastor Mike, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you land on the age bracket there. Every one of us has a divine destiny that God has created for us. And you never really kind of get there. It's this constant pursuit in life to fulfill the purpose and calling of God in us and through us. Amen. And the world wants us to believe That our destiny can be purchased, that our destiny can be married, that our destiny can be voted, that our destiny can be achieved through shortcuts. And I want you to know this morning that there are no shortcuts to your purpose. There's no shortcuts. Nowhere in the Ten Commandments does it say, Oh, and uh, forget all of this in case you find a way that seems better. It doesn't say it. God knows that the road, the fastest road to your destiny, and to right relationships with others. it's not the country road of compromise. It's not the detour of spiritual laziness. It's not the early exit of sin it's a highway. God says that it's a highway of holiness. In Orlando, the fastest way to get around sometimes is the highway. When I go home, I live in a popka, I take the highway. And highways are great because you see stuff. You see the city. If you go north, you see the valleys, the mountains. If you live in Orlando, you see construction (laughs) everywhere. And those wonderful people driving on the roads are the best. Every one of them. Bless God. Hallelujah. Wonderful drivers. You see it all. But here's the truth about a highway. It'll never let you land in what you see because you have a destination that you're going to. On the highway of holiness, you're going to see some things. You're going to see bad times. You're going to see good times. You're going to see victory. You're going to see temptation. You're going to see things working for people, and you're going to feel like things are not working for you. You're going to see different seasons, different people coming and going. You're going to see it all, but the highway of holiness will never let you land at what you see when you have a purpose. Go ahead. That's all right. When I was in college, a couple of roommates and myself, we took a trip up to North Carolina. We were going to be counselors at a camp. And so on this trip, uh, my mother uh, was always calling and always concerned and worried we're driving we're college students okay and we're driving to North Carolina and so she's calling uh at very frequent intervals and she would call and and she would say hey sweetie just checking in where are you and I remember this one time she called and we were trying to navigate through the traffic in Atlanta and she said hey sweetie uh just checking in where are you And, you know, I I did not say to her, hey, mom, I live in Atlanta. I said, well, you know, I'm driving and we're passing through Atlanta because we had a destination. We were on a highway. When you live holy, you quickly pass through seasons because God has a destination for you. I'll prove it. If you're reading with us in the chronological Bible plan, you've recently just gone through the story of Joseph. Joseph was on the highway of holiness, the highway of purpose. Joseph, think about it, goes from the pit to to being a slave, to being betrayed, to being in jail, but the highway did not leave him there. It ended in the palace, the highway of holiness. And maybe you're going through the city of foreclosure. Maybe you're you're driving through the city of depression. Maybe right now on the highway of holiness, you're driving through the town of temptation. And that relationship looks tempting to pull off on the exit and to stop there. But I want to remind you that there is a higher call of God on your life. And too many people exit the highway of holiness short of God's Perfect destination for their lives. God has a smooth and fast way for us to reach our purpose. I didn't say it was easy, but I did say it was smooth for us to reach our purpose and fulfill the Great Commission, and that is through holiness. Holiness sometimes will mean that you've got to wait on some things in your life, single person. People are like, people are like, whatever, you know. The highway of holiness will mean that you have to forgive people. It means that you have to repent sometimes and humble yourself. Ooh. Sometimes holiness can hurt because it causes us to deal with the sin. That's why so many people push against it. Because there is some pain involved sometimes. It might mean that there's some things you have to deny in your life. Not because you're some religious weirdo, but because the anointing of God on your life is more precious than bonkweekweek. <laughs> the anointing on your life is more precious than that substance or that person or that thing. The anointing is more important than settling for what the world says, yeah, it's okay. It's more important. God's tangible presence on your life is more important than that. And God says this, I, I'm, I am holy. In First Peter, verse 16, Leviticus 20, chapter, uh, chapter 20, verse 26, it's the same thing. I am holy, therefore you be holy. It's important to know that God's commandments were not given so that we can earn heaven, right? Our goal is not to earn heaven. God's commandments were given so that we can bring heaven into our everyday life. And reach our destiny and live right amongst those in our lives. And have an appetite for the supernatural and the miraculous. God gives us these commands, not as a giant list of do and don't, but because there's power that can be found in living a life of holiness before God. And that's what he wants for you. Power. Only uh, uh, there's, there's no shortcut. It's the highway of holiness. And if God is your God, I want to remind you that your God then is not money. If God is your God, your God is not your career. If God is your God, your God is not even, dare I say, your family. It's not sports. It's not sex. It's not video games for our young people here. It's it's not that. That's not your God. And the pushback is this. Well, you know what? (sighs) Listen. Makes me happy. It's just, it, it just makes me, life's tough. Things are hard. It's, everyone's different. We all we all have different convictions. It makes me happy. And God certainly wants you to be happy. But we don't serve a happy spirit. We serve a holy spirit. Listen now, the Bible is certainly full of joyful moments, but it's not the book we refer to as the happy book. It's the holy book. The angels in heaven are not standing for the King of kings and Lord of lords and crying out, happy, 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 happy. No, no. The Bible says they stand before him and they shout out, Holy, 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 holy are you, God. <laughs> now, I don't take that and say, Well, you know, here it comes. You know, I got to wear long dresses and, you know, I got to, you know what I'm saying? And uh, chill. <laughs> Number one is this holiness brings happiness, but happiness. Will not always bring holiness. (laughs) Holiness brings happiness. But happiness will not always bring holiness. What is happiness? Happiness is temporary. 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 It's temporary. Over Christmas break, I was on my computer checking emails. Best Buy emailed me. They said, happiness awaits. I clicked on it. I said, yeah. There they were, these beautiful Bluetooth headset things. I'm trying to run more. Happiness awaits. I bought them. They came in a couple days later. I felt great. I put them in. Then I took them out. I was no longer happy with them. (laughs) I had them and that was it. Because in our world, what's novel soon becomes normal. And God help us when we put the Holy Spirit on the same level. Novel when we need them, normal when we're just doing our thing. Happiness is temporary. Holiness is joy. Holiness brings victory. Holiness brings protection. Holiness brings gladness. Holiness will bring happiness. But happiness will not always bring holiness. Are there some things that you've settled for in your life because it makes you happy? And friend, I want to tell you that God loves you more than you could ever love yourself. He loves you so much. He wants you to experience life to the fullness. But there are some things in this world that God says, not not for you. There are some things that God will say, uh, mm -mm," because he loves you enough to protect you from it. And sometimes the barrier to our pursuit of holiness comes because we settle for happiness. And I want you to know, I'm doing my very best. You're doing your very best. We're all doing our very best to live lives holy before the Lord. We don't always get it perfect. Man, sometimes this pursuit of holiness has cost me some relationships. Sometimes it's cost me reputation. Sometimes it's cost me certain things in my life. But I want you to know that there's such a sweet presence of God that follows that sacrifice. There's such a a, a joy and a gladness that follows once the sting of of your flesh fades, the power of God comes. And I want you to know that God's power always follows your pain. Always. If you're here today and you're struggling with something in your heart, and the thought of giving it up, walking away from it, texting it, telling you, you can't, whatever it might be, the thought of that brings pain to your heart because how attached you are to it. But you know that it's not what God has for you. I want you to know that that pain will cease and the power of God will follow. It's so beautiful what God does. Number two is this. Holiness is something that you must pursue. You must pursue it. Holiness is not like sin. Sin will find you. Go to the grocery store. Just go. And our Winn-Dixie that's right by our house, they have these little kid carts. And I'll take Eliana, our my, our four-year-old, and we'll go shopping. She's got her kid cart. And there was this lady who was just frustrated one, one day. And and. Um, <laughs> and Eliana was coming around the produce section with the little cart, just kind of not paying attention. She kind of bumped into her cart, and the lady took her cart, went boom, and knocked her cart out of the way. I'm just like, "What did you just do?" And she didn't fall over, but she's just like, "Okay, I'll tell you right there." Sin crept up all in my heart. <laughs> okay, I wanted to grab whatever produce was next to me, and just in my, I'm just saying, "Hey, lady, yeah, you know, and, yeah, see that, Eliana, you know." Sin will find you. We're talking about a highway. Just drive on I-4 at 520 in the afternoon. It'll find you. It will find you. you want to test someone's Christianity, just get on I-4 at 530 and just watch them. You know, see how, they, see how they respond. It'll find you. Walk in the mall, it'll find you. On your drive home, it'll find you. A thought will come out of nowhere, it'll find you. Jesus himself went to the wilderness, and the Bible says the devil followed Sin knows your address. It knows your phone number. It knows your IP address on your computer. It knows your weaknesses. It knows your struggle. It will find you anytime you're ready. Holiness will not. Holiness is something that you must seek out. Paul said to Timothy, pursue purity and holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. With that holiness, no one will see the Lord. That means there's a responsibility that's placed on us as believers on this highway of holiness. There are no self-driving cars on the highway of holiness. None. It's our responsibility to pursue it. To pursue it. To pursue godliness. Well, how, how do I get it in my life? Well, you, you don't get it by trying to make it the focus of your life. That's for sure. 50, 60 years ago, right, uh, people had to, you know, women had to wear these long dresses. And, you know, earrings were bad. And if you went to the movies, you were a Satanist. You know, if you had playing cards, you know, it was like, well, you know, did you hear about Brother Bob? You know, he had a deck of cards, you know. I, I mean, it, it was just, it was just, it was just, it was this, it was this, Thing that people try to, to live up to. And I'm not, I'm not listen, I'm not knocking our, our, our foundation. I'm very thankful for our foundation. And I think uh, people are getting a deeper revelation of holiness. And I there's certainly a certain lot of values to being careful, which we need to be. But, but it's not the focus of our life. Have you ever met somebody where the focus of their life is holiness, right? And they just kind of have this, this judgmental way about them? Like, mm, why is she singing? <laughs> Did you know that she's not perfect and she's up there singing? You know, oh, yeah, and you're a jerk. <laughs> you know. Well, did you hear? Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I I, I can't. Mm-mm. You know. mm. We need to pray for it. Oh, yeah. Holiness is the highway. It's not the goal, and it's not the prize. Holiness is not about saying no to everything in your life. Holiness is about your yes to Jesus being bigger than your yes to everything else. That's what it's about. Number three, holiness rubs off on you when you get in the presence of Jesus, doesn't it? There's no shortcut. There's no song that Pastor Pucci can sing. There's nothing that I can say. There's, there's no sermon, there's no small group that, that, that can do it for you. All that's good, and it helps. But holiness rubs off on you when you get in the presence of Jesus. It's the only way. His presence is what produces it. It's what makes this highway in your life. Holiness is a byproduct of our relationship with Jesus. And when you live in his presence, his nature rubs off on you. It's so true, isn't it? Kids take on the quality of their parents. When I was in high school, and I went over to Grace's house for the very first time. We were friends, okay? And Grace, if you know our personalities, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes firm, and I'm, you know, very much, a, you know. And, and Grace is very just, woo, <laughs> And that's, that's great. That's how God built her, right? God made her to be free that way. And I'm like, you know, if we're on vacation. Like, what time are we on? What's the plan? Or how are we going to And then what's going on? And Grace is like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? And, and so um, that's, that's just how she is. And so my first time over at her house for dinner and we we're friends, um, you know, I show up there. And, and Grace obviously is taking on the quality of her, her parents and namely her mom, who is very much the same way. And, and we're sitting there. We're eating dinner. And out of nowhere, uh, Grace's mom stands up and yells at the top of her lungs, food fight. And in slow motion, I see chicken flying and mashed potatoes flying, and I'm just like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, <laughs> you know <laughs> this is so great. And she, she has the quality of her family, and don't you know that we've been adopted by God? The minute we've given our heart and our trust and put our faith and trust in Jesus, we're now adopted to the kingdom of heaven, which means we take on the qualities and the characteristics of God. And as his presence increases in our life, holiness increases in our life. God's presence is not found in just tears and feelings. It's not. It's not found in that. It's, it's found in the presence of God. King David said this in Psalm chapter 119, verse 11. I put my word in your heart that I might not sin against you. We... We grow and we increase in our ability to live our life as holy people when we are in the word of God. Which is why I love the chronological Bible plan that we're on right now. So many people are working through this Bible plan. It's so exciting to see how the Bible is changing hearts and lives of people. Holiness rubs off on you when you're in the presence of Jesus, when you're in your word, when you're reading the word, meditating the word, confessing the word, praying the word. When you take a few minutes in the morning or when you get home from work and you walk in your room by yourself, you shut the door, you have a minute of prayer all by yourself and you just seek and pursue Jesus on your own. That's where an interaction with God happens. And that's where his character rubs off into your character. And you come out of the room and you had a hard day at work but you're different. You're not screaming at the kids. You're not yelling. You're not, you don't want to just veg out on the TV. You want to be engaged in conversation because you've changed. His presence changes you. And you might say, well you know I changed back in the day when so and so was here at Calvary. Well listen it's a new day and you need fresh oil. It has to be fresh fresh. It has to be fresh. So man, you get home and you put that worship music on. Not yesterday, Grace and I were just sorting through some things that, uh, with some challenges at the church, and it was just feeling kind of heavy in the house, and so she put some worship music on, and we're walking around the house and saying, God, we praise you. God, we worship. We change the atmosphere in the house. We brought worship in there. We allow the presence of Jesus to come into that place and it began to rub off on us and our minds became renewed and our hearts became different. It's amazing when we get in the presence of Jesus what he does. Number four is this. Holiness requires a change in your appetite. Several weeks ago, I was finishing a service here at Calvary with our young people, and Grace had said, um, "Hey, uh, I made something for you. It's going to be good. Come home hungry." I said, "Ooh wee!" (laughs) And uh, but it had been a long night, friends. It had been a long night, and I was starving. And so, on my way home, before I hit the highway, there's a McDonald's. And if you're part of McDonald's or a McDonald's fan, all right, got some young adults that work there, and. I ain't loving it, but, you, you know, it's, 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 uh it, I just lost 30 pounds, y'all. I'm feeling good. Hey. <laughs> but you can do that at McDonald's. I got healthy options, too. It's great. It's great. But for me, it's like, I just stay away from it. So, anyways. So, I am driving home, and, I, and I'm starving, and I, and I pull into this McDonald's. <laughs> I said, I'll take the Big Mac, please. <clears throat> that sauce. Where y'all at? I said, let me get them fries. No, wait. Extra large fries, please. Come on, somebody. Mm, mm." And I filled up on junk. And I get home and there's this beautiful meal. And I walk in the house and I feel the conviction of grace (laughs) on my heart. She had no idea I'd just eaten junk. And I sit down at the table and I just, boy, I'm just not hungry. And she said, what happened? And and sure enough, I had to admit, I had McDonald's. And what do you think would happen if I continued that trend? Eventually, uh, she's a wonderful cook. I can't cook at all. I'm going to starve. She's going to stop cooking. She, she was obviously mad, rightfully so. And, and I understand that. And the same thing applies to our spiritual life. When we fill our lives with junk, we lose our appetite for miracles. Miracles. And listen, church, I, I want to just very non-religiously and not angrily whatever, non-judgmentally, I want to share this thought with you that not everything in this life is okay for you. Doesn't matter if you're of age, doesn't matter if you're qualified for it, it doesn't matter if you've got the credentials for it, not everything in this life is okay. Not every form of entertainment is okay for you. It's not okay. Well, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm an adult. I, I, yes. I get it. I get it. Some time ago, I, I was years ago, we were leading youth ministry uh, uh, here in Orlando at a different place, and, and I finished this youth service. We just saw, I mean, hundreds of kids give their life to Jesus, and, and, I, and I went home, and it was a long night. I was just tired, and and uh, I, I go home and I turn on the TV. And I'm just kind of recouping and resting, and I'm flipping through the TV channels. And there's this uh, there's this uh, this cartoon that comes on that's that's geared towards like an adult audience, you know. And, and and I allow myself to kind of just stop there, and I watch this cartoon sort of play out. And and as the cartoon's playing out, again, it's, it's geared for adults. Um, there's this 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 girl who's the daughter in this family, and 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 she has this this um, sharp object, and she's proceeding to hold harm herself and, and, uh, and the show is making light of that and using shock to entertain and, and I found myself kind of just settling down and thinking oh man that's not right but eh, you know whatever and as I was kind of settling in and watching the scene play out the Holy Spirit spoke to me he said are you going to laugh at what I want to bring to your altars and I said no Lord no and the Lord said turn it off I turned it off and I fell on my knees before a holy God I said, Lord, I repent. And I felt tremendous grace and I just felt a tremendous presence of Jesus come in that place. I I felt the restorative power of God and I hadn't done anything wrong but the Holy Spirit had just said, this isn't for you. Not everything is okay. Some stuff, is junk not every conversation you have with your coworkers is okay not every thought that comes into your head is the thought that you need to allow to stay some people in your life are not okay Not saying they're bad, not saying that they're this or that we should judge, I'm just saying for you on this particular point on your journey, on your highway of holiness, they don't have a place in your life because of how they influence you and the drama that they bring into your life. And when we allow our lives to be filled with junk, our appetite for the supernatural becomes quenched. And it's why people come to church And don't have a desire for the supernatural or the move of God in their life. Because they say, nah, I don't want it. And it's not that you don't want it. It's that you're already full. Someone or something has already filled you up. This is why there must be a check in your spirit on things and desires and environments and entertainment and people that we allow into our life. Not so we can be more religious and more whatever looking, but so that we can have an appetite for the supernatural, the miracle working power of God in our lives. How does this apply to me? I'm in business. Well, you know what? I'm glad that you're in business because wouldn't it be amazing if you're out there on the job site and there's a client who's not feeling well and they're sniffling or whatever. I'm just not feeling well. It's been a tough, hey, can I pray for you? And you pray for them. the quick prayer, the supernatural power of God comes in that moment and that client is now healed by the power of Jesus because you're living a life full of God's presence and not full of junk. Whoa. Now it's like, wait a second! I don't have to be a pastor to be a ministry. Nope. Shoo, shoo, shoo. There you go. You're a ministry. I, there it is. Welcome. You made it. We live holy. We're called for a greater purpose. Wow. And some will say, well, you know, everyone's got different convictions and. You know, and this thing doesn't really hurt me. It doesn't, you know, it's just kind of, it's just sort of, listen, I want to talk to some young adults who have been in our church for a very long time. Listen to me. Listen to me. Because I love you. I love you with everything that I have inside of me. But if you live your life looking for loopholes in God's word, you're going to miss your purpose. Well, you know, it's sort of, and then I don't know, so I'm just going to kind of, if you do something that's against God's word, it's, it might not hurt you, but your appetite for miracles will be quenched. It'll be quenched. The devil won't always ruin your life, but he will take away your appetite for miracles. That's why some people live life, just everything's great and it's fine. Mortgage is paid, the car's there and everything. But there's no desire to see the miraculous happen. Oh, what would happen, church, if we go out to Lake Yolo on Friday? And this week, the entire church had just spent this whole week just saying, God, I'm just going to live holy. I'm, I'm, help strengthen me through I'm going to pursue you in your presence. I'm gonna pursue you with my whole heart. What would happen if we get out there and, and, and the Holy, and we are a holy church? We show up and boom, signs, wonders, miracles, miraculous, supernatural happens. Wow, can you imagine? Because that's, that's what we're gonna do. If you've ever felt cold inside spiritually, maybe you've allowed junk to reign unchecked. And I wanna call you back to humility before God. I want you to pursue holiness and face the sin that you've allowed in your life. Number five is this. Holiness brings responsibility. It brings a responsibility. You know, this whole week, um, there's a passage of scripture that's been on my heart, and it's found in 2 Samuel chapter 6. I'm not going to read it this morning. Um, but it's a story of when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God, which represented the presence of God, back home. If you know the story, the Philistines were defeated. It you know, sat for 70 years. And so finally, Uzzah and his brother were commanded with carrying the Ark back home. Because David wanted the presence of God to be there for all of the people. Making a central place of worship for all of Israel. And the story just, man, it just challenges me on so many levels. Because if if you don't know it, what happens is um, Uzzah had a very clear command from God. The Levites were to carry the Ark of the Covenant. It was this large box-looking thing. They were to carry it on two poles, and they were to walk with the poles on their shoulder and carry the Ark of the Covenant. And so Uzzah decided, you know what? This is just such a great moment. The Philistines put it on a cart. So let's go get ourselves a nice, shiny, fancy cart and let's stick the presence of God on a cart. And we'll make it easy. We'll make it convenient. And the story goes that as they're making their way back home, one of the oxen stumbles and the ark of God begins to tip. Uzzah reaches over, to brace it back up, falls dead immediately. That's always challenged me. Poor guy. (laughs) Poor guy. Wow. To go like that. I would make something up if I was his friend. Yeah, you know, he was fighting ninjas or something. And, you know, but, but to, to go that way. Poor guy. And, and so this story has just been on my heart all week, and I couldn't get away from it. So last night I was asking the Lord, Lord, why, why, why did this happen? Why, I know the Levitical law, but why, why, were, you, why were you so swift with Uzzah? You know, it's funny, because a teenager told me a couple days ago, he's like, did God get saved in the New Testament? He's so mean in the Old Testament, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, nah, I had to tell him, you know, the, 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 the cross didn't change God, it just revealed him, right? It revealed God. And um, so I'm like, why did this happen? Why did it have to be this way? And God said, I'm going to remind you of, of my law at that time. He said to me, I want my presence carried, not carted." I want it carried, not carted. The Lord began to speak to me about how a cart is used to pile many things on, that a cart is used for convenience. And the Spirit of God spoke to me, and He said, Tell the people that I don't want my presence to be one of the things that they carry. I want my presence to be the only thing that they carry. And listen to me now. Holiness is a weight that you must carry as a Christian. By weight, I don't mean burden. I don't mean piling another responsibility on top of you. But by weight, I mean it's a responsibility. And our responsibility as a church to walk in holiness is not just so that we appear holy. It's so that we can reach a city. Because of the power and presence that comes as we live our lives before the Lord. Full of faith. Full of strength. Full of his glory. See, what makes the president now, the president... It's not that he's called the president. It's because he carries now the weight, or she carries the weight of the nation. The responsibility affirms the title. And what makes a Christian a Christian is that they carry the weight of the heart of God. The people in the city in which we live, our neighbors. And it's from that weight that we say, God, I must live holy because these people matter to you. I must live holy, not so that I can have more, so that I can be more effective and powerful in the ministry that you called me to live in. So his presence can go with us everywhere. And God told me to give a very specific word as we close the service out this morning. It's not new things that you need. It's a new fire. It's a new fire in 2017. Where there is holiness... There is power. Where there's holiness, there's joy, there's gladness. Where there's holiness, there's temptation, but there's victory.